What an honor and privilege to speak about, you know, love, mercy that's always on my heart. I don't know about you, but my heart is already full of so many stories that were transformed by an act of mercy. Mercy is a topic that we don't often preach about in the church. Even when we do, we often blend it into something like love, forgiveness, compassion. You sort of hear the word mercy quite a lot. And I'm really excited. I'm very thankful for Pastor Andrew for giving me this chance to speak a word about this topic of love and mercy. You know, when I read the blurb of this sermon series, the one thing that came to my mind was a very nice little story about a little boy in one school. That was back then in the 1980s. I was in school by that time. Maybe now you're thinking, how old is this guy? <laughs> now, um, at that time, this guy was like, you know, uh, around the 80s, teachers were very, very disciplined down in the global south. You know, if you've been to Africa before, you've been to schools in Africa. You know, who have been to Africa in schools in Africa before? Maybe just me this, this morning. In the morning, we got some few Africans here. You know, when you are late in schools, you know, teachers have the power to discipline you. When you don't do your homework, you know, when, you are, when the teacher is talking and you are talking, you know, they can discipline you in a very severe way. I don't know about schools in the global north, but down there in Africa, you know, when you enter the class and you are late, the teacher just pick up a nice little stick and you just stand like this straight away and they give you some ten stroke on your back. Oh, yeah, it's really, really painful. And so, you know, once in the school, this boy, you know, since I was a new student, but now it doesn't happen these days and it was like in the 80s. But nowadays, teachers are quite very gentle and kind. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there was this little boy who you know, stepped into, into this new school. You know, he was very excited. But for whatever reason, this boy could not just come to school on time. He's always late. You know, and whenever he entered the class, the teacher was very angry. The teacher would beat this boy. And you know, the class would just close their eyes because this boy would scream under the cane that the teacher is beating him with. And he had been coming to school every day late and late and late. And the teacher was very, very annoyed. And so one day he told the class, I'm going to discipline this boy very severely in a way that he won't come to school late again. And on that day, this boy rushed into the classroom. He was sweating and he was ready to just to receive that disciplinary action from these teachers. And the teacher was really furious. He took up a cane and said, come here, you are late again today. I'm going to discipline you severely. And as the student walked towards the teacher, he held up the cane and there was a voice at the back of the class. Please, sir, have mercy. He has been in pain for so long. Who made that statement? And the boy stood up. And the teacher walked towards the boy, and we know something terrible is going to happen today. Because that kind of teacher in school, that he's always very furious. And as he went towards that boy, he looked at the boy, he said, you know what? I am not good. There's something missing in my heart about my action. Last week, you know, last two weeks, Pastor Andrew kicked off our sermon series, Emego Day, with a very reminder that we are not the good guys here. That sometimes there's something missing in our heart, and we have to start in this sermon by looking at ourselves. That when we read the passage of like Micah 6, 8, we, it's to tell us about what we have to do 
to act justly, to love mercy, and to work humbly. That we are not on the side that we are the good guys and the people out there are the bad guys. We need to start in this sermon series by looking at ourselves. What is missing in our heart that push our action? The issue about injustices, it's not really the problem. That the boy that always comes late to school is not really the problem. The problem is our unmerciful heart towards the injustices in our society. Micah 6, 8 is an invitation for us to start by examining our heart, to recognize how unmerciful we are, what rests in our heart that does not change. Maybe sometimes... We have pride and anger and hate. That is a driving force that puts us, that propels us into our action because sometimes we find it difficult to search within ourselves to find that little spark of being merciful. As God brought this prophetic word to challenge the nation of Israelite, it was about God who was wanting to draw them back as he originally created them to be. This Imago Day series, which means image of God, is a reminder that we were created in God's image. But somehow along the line in our lives, that image is fading away gradually. And we are still reacting and acting in an opposite way that God wanted us to be. When God looked down on the Israelites, he, was, he saw that they were acting unjustly. They didn't reflect his image. They didn't reflect what God created them to be. The way they were treating one another and the nations around them, they were unjust, unmerciful, and proud. He brings to them and says, what is it that I like, I require you to do? To love, mercy, to act justly and to walk humbly. Last week, Pastor Andrew unpacked to us what we think that God is saying to us as a church to act justly. And today, I have the privilege to speak to you about what God is thinking for us as a church to love mercy. And I hope what I'm about to say today will encourage you and release you from that burden of within your own heart. In order to understand the word that God is talking about, love, mercy, it is important for us to know what is on God's heart for mercy. For God, mercy is not just a word or an action. It is actually his nature and his character. It's a driving force in God dealing with humankind. This word appears in the Bible about 276 times. When a word appears so many times like that, you know that God is trying to emphasize something to his people. Love mercy, love mercy. And we see it in the Hebrew and in Greek translations. In the Hebrew, it's a chaos, which means loving kindness. And in Greek, it's a eleos, which count like pity, mercy, pardon, feeling sympathy, compassion. What is mercy all about? Mercy is a compassion or kindness shown towards someone who is within your power to punish. 
sometime in the area of law where you're in the courtroom, you will hear word like leniency, reduce sentence. The lawyer will say, hey, please, judge, can you reduce this sentence? Can you be lenient to this particular person? Mercy is an action shown towards somebody in agony, binding wounds, providing shelter. Mercy is when you show sympathy to somebody affected by disaster or you take action to do something of somebody who is in distress. It's not just a feeling of sympathy. Oh, I feel so sad about your situation. Oh, I am so sorry. Oh, what happened to you? This is really terrible. I feel really, really unhappy about what happened. That is the emotion. But you have to transfer these emotional feelings into action in order to express the mercy that is in your heart. If you don't take an action, your mercy is become emotional. But when you take action, your mercy change to become an emotional aspect into an action. And that is where we talk about love and mercy. Micah 6, 18 just asks us to understand the word mercy. But it says, we have to love it. When you love something so much, you want to do something about it. When you love someone, when you love something to do, you want to do it. Anybody who loves to play football, wants to play football. Anybody who loves to care for people, he wants to care for people. In this Imago Day series, we are reminded not just to love the word mercy. That, that, that kind of little word, oh yeah, I love the word mercy. No, it's love being merciful. That means at a point in your life where when you see somebody in distress, you want to do something. You cannot stand it without helping somebody. Like if I don't help, if I'm not having mercy on this person, I feel like something is wrong with me. That feeling that when you are seeing somebody helping other person, you go like, yes, that's what I love you to do. And you keep empowering that person to show mercy to people. This is the nature of God. And that is why when God saw the Israelites being unmerciful to other people, he was not happy. He's like, that's not how I created you to be. I've encouraged you, I've shown you, I've told you what it meant to be merciful. Please go do it. God reminded us that our behavior, our lifestyle, the thing that we do mirrors his image. And as children of God, what do we do with the image of God? We have to mirror it and act justly towards people. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Let us get to God and understand what does God talking about? Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. To understand what's God's character of mercy, let me take you somewhere it started, right in the Garden of Eden. When we see in Genesis 1 and 2, is in his creation of humanity, God, when he created human, he declared that this is the image of God. This is where we get our sermon series from, the title, Imago Dei. God declared that no other part of creation images him as humanity. To make us in God's image means we mirror his character and his nature. God was so happy when he created human, and then he, the next day he relaxed and he rested. Just imagine for a second. You set up your business. You establish it so well. You are so happy with it. 
You train somebody, you prepare the person so well, and you put the person in charge of your business. You want to partner with that person to make your business to grow and let the world enjoy the wonderful hard work in your business. And then after you did everything, you put that person in charge. Can you name the animal in my business? Can you just name all the properties and try to make sure that everything is okay? And you just relax at the beach and you have a glass of wine and you are singing, oh, happy days. And while you are singing that song and you are enjoying and relaxing, somebody is handling my business over there while I relax here. And you get the sad news. Your business is on fire. And before you rush there, you look at this person who you kept under your business. He has destroyed everything. That is how when God stepped in the Garden of Eden, he was really devastated. Adam and Eve have disobeyed his command. They have eaten the fruit they asked them not to eat. They were unjust. They treated each other badly. God looked at these two beautiful humans he created, how they disobeyed him. They acted unjustly. He was so deeply angry. God has the power to kill them and to make a new creation. They were at fault. They gave God the worst, disrespect his authority, abused the power given to them, changed the purpose of God's creation. Adam and Eve did not keep the commandment that God entered with them. God was in the right position to do whatever he wanted with this first human being. But he exercised mercy. He looked at them. This was the very first time that God in this very, in his creation exercised mercy towards Adam and Eve. Adam didn't know what is called forgiveness. That word forgiveness was not in their vocabulary by then. If it's today, we do something wrong, we say, oh God, forgive us. But they were at that time running naked in the garden from one end to the other. Lord, it wasn't me. She's the one. I, don't, I told her not to touch the fruit, but she didn't listen to me. They were all agreeing and destroy, and trying to cause confusion. It was a whole mess in the garden of Eden. God stood back and saw their frustration. And he had mercy on them. He said to abandon them. Because of their bad behavior, God made clothing for them. Get them home, get them food. This is what we call love mercy. Mercy is an action that you do to somebody, to someone, to reduce their pain and fear. It's in this relationship between God and the first human being that mercy then comes to be seen as a, as a quality in God that directs him to forge relationship with the people who do not deserve it, who do not deserve to be in a relationship with him. But out of mercy, he created a special relationship with them. Mercy is manifested in God's activity on behalf of his people to free them from pain, from fear, and from worries, and from frustration. God's mercy is a driving force in leading him to create a relationship with his people. When we show mercy to others, we actually mirror God's nature and character. And by doing so, we build relationship with ourselves. We build relationship with each other, with the creation, and with God. Last week, Pastor Andrew showed us this picture of how we build relationship with ourselves, with others, with creation, and with God. And that comes when we exercise mercy. You can't build relationship with others if you don't have mercy towards them. 
Even with yourself, you have to have mercy for yourself to make that relationship happen. And that way, God comes into all the relationship and creates a beautiful human nature. But when we don't show mercy, we contribute to pain. We contribute to hate. We contribute to fear. We contribute to destroy our society. Somehow we are looking mercy. When you hear about this word mercy, how do we relate to it? There are different ways that everybody approaches mercy. A group of people are those that don't have mercy at all. I will give you to you three different points in the way that people approach mercy. The first one is no mercy at all. I want to take you to a little story also in the Bible, a little story. If you want to talk about mercy, somebody who does not really like mercy at all is the story of Pharaoh. Pharaoh in the book of Exodus narrative is an example of unmerciful person that contributed to the pain and the affliction to the others. In this story, we see a Pharaoh who is so unmerciful, he didn't know the history of the Israelites in Egypt, but wanted to make lives really hard for these people. In the book of Exodus, chapter 5, verse 6 to 9, it reads, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and the overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw to make bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quarter. They are lazy. This is why they are crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for these people so that they, they, they will keep working and no pay no attention to lies. This is harsh. These guys were already slaves. They were really working very hard to make ends meet. Yet Pharaoh gave an order to make life even harder. This sounds like an unmerciful person. Yes, he is. God even sent Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Have mercy on them. Don't treat them this way. But Pharaoh was so unmerciful due to his pride, his anger, his hate, and he showed no mercy. That happens thousands of years ago, isn't it? I want to bring this message home. I want to bring this point right in our midst, in our environment, for you to understand what I'm talking about, being unmerciful. In our society, in our community, we have people called refugees and asylum seekers. Hong Kong has one of the most stringent laws on asylum seekers. The law prohibits the asylum seekers not to work. And they have no right to work. However, they must care for themselves, pay their house rent, pay their bills, care for their children, pay for transportation, get food for their family, and get all the necessities that they need to survive. Does it sound like making bricks without straw to you? How about our domestic helpers? They make laws that they cannot stay out of the employer homes. They must live in, and they work from 9 maybe to 11 o'clock, more than 8 hours a day. Some of them even work like 7 days a week without even rest. The law prohibits them to really have their own freedom. They must live on a certain roof. Does that sound like making straw? Making bricks without straw? It is. We set policy in our workplaces. 
Nursing mothers cannot find a comfortable place to breastfeed their baby because we put them under separate tension, pressure all the time. We expect them to raise their kid at the same time to work, but we make the environment very conducive for them. Making bricks without straw. Job in our workplaces, some bosses are really very hard. You work from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m., no rest. But they talk about work-life balance. It sounds like making bricks without straw. Now, this kind of work environment, sometimes you're wondering, what are these people thinking? Do they have mercy at all? There are some people who want to have mercy, but they want to select what kind of issues that I want to have mercy about. God called us to act mercy, I mean, to, to act justly, to love mercy, and to work humbly. However, sometimes we often try to show mercy in the area that suits our parameter of what mercy is all about and what we think that mercy is all about. We select maybe one or two points. We try to say, okay, I will have mercy to this kind of people, but not this kind of people. Mercy should be holistic. When I'm talking about mercy, now maybe you're thinking in your mind, Oh, I'm thinking about that poor person by the street. I will show him mercy. But that person who is behaving this way, mm -mm, that's not the kind of people I can show mercy to. Oh, maybe you are thinking, oh, yeah, I can show mercy to the people that looks like me. Um, that, that thing happened in that country. Yes, it's in that country. It's not in our country. So that they are the ones who are affected, not us. So I don't have mercy towards them. We select what kind of issues we want to have mercy for and what kind of people that we want to express mercy towards. Oh, God. But here, God is challenging us that we can get ourselves at a point where we become selective in mercy rather than embrace it as a whole, take it as a holistic approach to mercy. Are we selective in the people who we are merciful to? Can we be merciful to the people that disagree with us? Don't accept our lifestyle? That's the key challenge here. God is not interested in selective mercy. He wants total mercy. He wants us to show mercy to everyone. When we, make when we take mercy about one or two issues, it seems we say to God does not care about other issues. That's the fact. God cares about every issues when it comes to mercy. And one of the story about this is the story of the woman caught in adultery. You know, the teacher of the laws in the Bible and the Pharisees brought this woman caught in adultery to Jesus. They wanted to stone this woman and said he has committed, she has committed adultery. Now, when I read at this story, it challenges me for one thing. What is the man? She didn't commit adultery alone. She was with a man. But the Pharisees put this man aside and bring this woman in front of a justice. The one they, they, were in, they were unjust to this woman. Andrew preached last week about Adam and Eve on how Adam was unjust to, how, to his wife. And today we have another similar story how some people are unjust to a certain group of people because of their sex. They put aside the man, say, okay, let's keep this man aside. We won't have mercy on this woman. She has committed adultery. We have to stone her to death. And, oh, yes, that man, you stay there. You know, you are a man. You know, we, don't, we, don't, we, 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 we have mercy on you. 
selective mercy. Selective mercy. We show mercy to others and not for others. This story questions us and brings us to a point where we know that selective justice, selective mercy is not what God wants. God wants holistic mercy. God challenges us to show mercy to everyone in all issues. It doesn't matter your sex, whether you are male or female, whatever so you identify yourself. We have to express mercy to everyone. God will show mercy to everyone. And that is what he called us to do. It is his character. It is his nature. When the Pharisees wanted to stone this woman, Jesus called out for mercy. She did, he didn't just stay quiet. He used a very nice way to call out for mercy. And he said, and he asked a very nice question. Any one of you who is without sin, be the first to throw a stone to this woman. And guess what happened? Everybody just walk away slowly. Do you know why? They were sinners. And somebody had mercy on them. Jesus had mercy on them. And they failed to show mercy to this woman. And that's what God is telling us today. Show mercy. Love mercy. Act justly. And walk humbly. Sometimes it's really hard to show a complete picture of what is inside your heart. That's why God is calling us today. I said, look into yourself. Are you selective in showing mercy? Or you are holistic when it comes to show mercy to others? I will tell you that God is inviting us to have a holistic approach to mercy. There are many ways in the Bible where God narrates to us how to be holistic when it comes to mercy. And one of the ways that God explained this holistic approach to mercy, he used a very nice parable to express his mind to us. And that's Jesus talking to us again. Now, in this very chapter or this very parable in the Bible, it's called the parable of the Good Samaritan. Whenever we read this parable, we often think about our neighbor because it always starts with, who is your neighbor? But indeed, Jesus was not just talking about a good neighbor. He was trying to say something about a merciful heart. Let us look into this parable and analyze the word of Jesus to see how he was trying to direct the expert of the law to mercy. He, said, he started the story by talking about a man who was wounded. And he's sitting by the roadside. He was bleeding. And Jesus named three different people. The first was a priest. The priest passed by. Maybe by passing by, he looked at the man and said, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, you know, uh, but you, you look like a stranger. You are not a Christian, so I won't come closer to you. He just walked away. Secondly, we have a Levite that passed by. Maybe he looked at him and said, oh, mm, selective, selective mercy. Oh, yeah, you don't look like a Hebrew, you know. Um, I, he walks away. Then come the good Samaritan when Jesus talks about. Maybe the Samaritan look at that person and say, hey, look, I don't bother, I don't, it doesn't matter whether you are a Christian or you are a Samaritan or you are a Hebrew. It doesn't matter. And Jesus explained how this person approached the wounded person on this roadside. 
the first thing that he said in this very parable is that the good Samaritan look at that person with pity. What does pity mean? Mercy. Love for mercy. Loving the action of being merciful. The Samaritan in, in his heart, he was just like, I, I, I can't stand it when I see somebody bleeding. Because of the heart of mercy that Jesus put within me. I can't stand when I see somebody suffering. It doesn't matter who you are. I'm expressing my heart of mercy towards you. And then he took action. The Bible says he went to him, bandaged his wound, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put him on his, on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and take care of him. That is action. And finally, he told the innkeeper, look after him. Look after him. He called out for mercy. Look after this person. Please look after him. Be merciful to him. Be kind to him. Look after him. He need help. He called out for mercy. Just like the little boy in the class. Please, sir, have mercy on that guy. He called out for mercy. And when Jesus looked at this teachers of the law, this uh, man of the law, the, master, the guy of the, the expert of the law said, okay then, who is my neighbor? And the expert of the law replied to Jesus, the one who had mercy on him. Who is your neighbor? Mercy comes in. Mercy is what drives us towards our neighbors. Mercy is what builds up relationship with people around us. Mercy draws us to act nice and positive and be encouraging towards each other. And Jesus said to him, you know what? Go and do likewise. Go and love mercy. Go and act mercifully. And go and call out for mercy. And Jesus put this in a very nice way that we all could understand the heart for Jesus when it comes to mercy. The good Samaritan, she loved mercy. And Jesus said in the parable that he looked at that person with pity. Act mercifully. He bounded this wound, his wound, and poured in oil and wine. Called out for mercy. He asked the innkeeper, look after him. When we see the challenges in our world today, we're asking questions, but how can we be merciful today? Can we ever be merciful to people around us? Maybe we have gone through very difficult life. Maybe the COVID-19 has made you lost your business, and maybe things have really happened to you in a very terrible way. Go like, I don't have the heart to be merciful to somebody around me. Maybe you went through some very difficult time in your life. I went through one of the worst times in my life when I arrived in Hong Kong. I struggled. I cried every day. There was a point that I could not even eat. I was like, Lord, where is mercy in this world? And somebody shows me mercy. Somebody came to me and looked at me like a brother and said, who are you? Why are you so distressed? The person didn't know who I am. But the person stepped in and expressed to me, what mercy is all about. 
And today, I'm glad to express that mercy to the people around me. We act mercifully because God, it's God's nature. We are the children of God, so we need to mimic God. We have to mirror God's nature in order to act mercifully and to love mercy and to call out for mercy. We respond to God's mercy towards us. God has been merciful to us. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin. He took away our iniquities. He took away our sin. Let's show mercy to other people. To act mercifully is also an invitation from God. Jesus invited us and said, go and do likewise. God challenged us as a church to be merciful towards others, to be sel- to, to not to be selective when we show mercy. As Christian, what does loving mercy mean to you? In your marriage, in your workplace, the people who disagree with you, for people who don't know you, what does mercy really mean? What is God telling us today? As Christians, God is saying, go and be the channel of God's mercy in the church and in the world. And in doing this, we image God's very character and nature. In the summary, where I end with this nice slide behind me, I want you to see how it flows. The good Samaritan loved mercy, act mercifully, and call out for mercy. Moses called the prophet, they called Pharaoh to love mercy, to act mercifully, and also call out for mercy. The little boy challenged the teacher to love mercy, to act mercifully, and to call out for mercy. And Jesus, Jesus challenged the expert of the law to love mercy, to act mercifully, and to call out for mercy. Today, as a church, we are challenged by Micah 6.8 to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. And by doing this, we image something about the glory of God. Let us all pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for showing us your heart for mercy. We thank you, Lord, for spelling out to us what is on your heart when it comes to mercy. You challenge us to love mercy, to act justly, and to walk humbly. Father, put in our heart, O Lord, that spirit of mercy that each time we see an action of mercy, we just love to be merciful. Each time we see somebody express an act of mercy, we love to encourage that person to be more merciful. As Krishna, Lord, you've called us to love mercy in our homes, at our workplaces, in our relationship with each other, with you, and with the environment. Oh God, have mercy on us as we have mercy to one another. May your Holy Spirit guide us, lead us, and show us the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.